guys, why did we ever wear baggy pants? Seriously, why? Why did we ever think that that was a good look? And I mean, we obviously wore baggy pants because other people were doing it, but why did anybody think that baggy pants and baggy everything was a good look? That's a great question because like fashion's cyclical, right? And like you, weird things come back around, but was that even comfortable? I feel like I was just constantly had to like keep adjusting the belt throughout the day. It just got looser. You didn't gain anything there. I don't know. That was a weird, weird era. Baggy pants, baggy clothes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that we've we're far removed from that, and hopefully we don't see that come back around anytime soon. I'm so proud to be from the baggy pants generation. Come on, guys. Come on. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. I'm proud. I'm a, I mean, I don't wear baggy pants or clothes anymore, um, but I'm very proud to have grown up in that. Listen, you talk about comfort. I would have much rather grown up in the baggy pants generation than the tight jeans generation because working on a college campus I see the fashions come and go, right? And there were a few years there where dudes were wearing pants that could not be comfortable. So I'm I I am proud to be from that generation. I think like maybe we should define what is too baggy because I was not a Jenko kid, but I was a, I was a comfortable carpenter jeans fit there Loose for fit. a little while. Loose, Loose fit. fit, yeah, yeah. I was baggy jeans. I mean, I don't think I knew what my real pant size was until, <laughs> I mean, I, maybe when I was like 28. Like, I don't know when I realized that like, no, you don't wear a 36, 34. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How am I getting smaller? Oh, wait, no, these pants actually fit. Ugh. Like, it's insane. Like, you just, even the suits that like, I look at like homecoming pictures and stuff and I'm just like, what why did we wh who thought that you know and this is out of the realm of anybody like thinking of like you know rappers and stuff like that i'm thinking of like just these are fashion designers who are like you know what we're using all the fabric like <laughs> all of it we're putting jackets that go all the way down to your knees what the hell the there are some like um like nfl and nba like draft class photos from the early 2000s yes. that are hilarious to go back and look at because the I mean, the suits were, they were just swimming in these suits. They were way too big. And the jeans, like you'd always be stepping on the back of your jeans and it would just be, it would just constantly wear down and rip. And then you'd have that like loop that I was always get caught on when that's all was that bottom loop is all that was hanging there. You get caught up in that, like in the winter, in the snow, your jeans would be wet from the ankle down. Like what were we doing? I mean, I guess I'm glad that we did grow up in that because now we can appreciate the fashion a little bit more because I don't know how it'll evolve for kids that are growing up now. So it's it's nice to be able to fit into a pair of jeans for once, though. I I'm in favor of <laughs> how we've developed. I'm with you. I I just don't know why. I I mean everything. It's not just the jeans. It was like all of my. I remember at one point I like had to give all these like polo shirts to the Salvation Army, not because they didn't fit me anymore. It's because they were too big. Yeah. Like I just literally couldn't wear them anymore. It's like who. What person was wearing this XL shirt that I have no business wearing? <laughs> like, I didn't lose some a crazy amount of weight or something like that. It's not one of those situations. I just was like, no, the large, that doesn't work for me. Got to get the XL. 
I'm uh, like actually underneath this hoodie, I'm I'm wearing a T-shirt from high school, and it still fits because I would ha- ask for them to be way too baggy for the size I was in high school. And now it fit. It actually it's a large. It fits me comfortably. But when I was 14 and 140 pounds, there was no reason for me to wear a large. Like it was never that was never going to work. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a good thing. Like all my jerseys fit now. Yeah, like everything. True, right. Like, I have right. jerseys from middle school that like fit me now. That, it's like, like you know, your parents say like we're gonna buy it a little bit big so you grow into it. And they just kept saying to that, that to us, like into our twenties, or they were like, No, at some point they're gonna realize like these clothes are too baggy. They're they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. And I would always get like slack for holding on to things for far too long, especially clothes. Well, for this instance, it actually pays off where years, a decade plus later. I'm fitting into them more now than when I did then. So I have this wonderful collection of 15 to 20 year old t-shirts that now don't look so stupid. So take that mom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yo, welcome to the brunch breakdown. I'm Didi out here in LA. Dan and Chris are in Pittsburgh and you guys look like you guys look warm. (laughs) I will say that you guys look very warm. Like, First is day it of cold? fall, baby. We're ready. I'm. I, it's it's hoodie and t uh, or hoodie and shorts weather. That's what I'm literally wearing right now. A perfect day for it. Same. Same. God. Well, today on the brunch breakdown, we got a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to be talking about voting. We're going to be talking about voting here in a couple here in a little bit. We're going to be talking about Cam Newton and Tom Brady new teams. What's that? That just looks weird. Deion Sanders is uh, about to be a coach. Which I mean. That's going to be something. We'll talk about that. Uh, AOC tells us that we can't go to brunch, and we have lots of thoughts on that. And uh, we're probably going to get into this movie TV reboot conversation, but we're going to try to get into all these things and also what we are listening to, which is a very fun week of uh, a music, which, you know, at least I'm thinking it's a very fun week of music. Maybe you guys hate it. I have no idea. But let's uh, get things started with Get It Off Your Chest. And guys, I will start it off this week. Uh, because I have had, I've, I've basically wrote this down on Sunday because I, I got Sunday ticket. Okay. I got Sunday ticket and it's amazing. It's incredible. It's expensive and it's incredible. Everything. I I love every second of it, but I felt weird because I felt like I sold out because I am a pirate. Like I steal things. I steal, I, I, I steal movies I steal all the things. I've done that since basically since the internet started. Movies, music, boxing fights, NFL games, whatever's going on, I, I, I steal it. If I can't get to it, that's what I would do. But as I've gotten older, I've realized the convenience of just buying the thing and not having to stress over the stream or stressing over what somebody, whoever's, you know, making this whole stream happen. And it's the kids that did. I think it's my daughter that did it because she's very stressful when I'm trying to do one thing. She's doing another thing. And I just broke down and got it. And I just felt weird about it. And I I don't know. That's just what I need to get off my chest. That's it. Like, I just I got Sunday ticket and I feel weird about it. But it is glorious. Just feel weird about it. That's that's the balance, right? That payoff. You know, Sunday ticket always seems like a great idea until you realize how expensive it is. And you're like, Why? Why am I paying for this? But even streaming and stealing stealing things over the internet has almost become more difficult depending on what you're trying to to get. I remember it was so easy to be able to find a UFC pay-per-view over the internet without paying for it. And now 
you need to know somebody to know somebody that knows somebody else if they don't have ESPN plus. So even that stuff can be challenging, but selling out, I think you're selling out for a good reason though. You're getting, especially because it's not like you can go somewhere and watch these games. I mean, the football brunch game in Los Angeles is one of my favorite things. And I love going out there in the fall for that, for that reason, especially. And now that that's all kind of taken away from you, I think it's an okay thing to sell out for. So I'm with you there. I hear you. Yeah. This makes me remember about like in college, I remember freshman year of college, which was 2005. I was trying so hard to find the Steeler games every Sunday because we went, Dan and I went to college in Brown's territory. So you didn't always get the Steeler game on cable. And like in 2005, it was borderline impossible to like stream anything on the internet. And then fast forward 10 years or fast forward five years and you could get every game. I mean, it was super easy to find any game, any broadcast that you wanted to. And then I feel like given another five years and that's like kind of started to get harder and harder again to the point where like now, like what you did, Didi, I would rather just know that I got a secure stream of the game that I want to watch as opposed to like, man, I hope Reddit shows up for me on Sunday with the stream that I need. You know, it's it is nice to have the convenience. Yeah, like it was all good up until like just the first Sunday and it was like my my toddlers running around everywhere and I'm trying to do the stream and I'm trying to make sure you get through and I'm get, you know clicking through pop-ups trying to make it happen. I'm just like I quit. I can't I, I, like I can't do it. It's too stressful. This is not fun for me. This sucks. And then I finally did it and I I will say if you can do it, it's it's worth it. But one of the another reason why, just to go to your point with the you know you looking for the games in Ohio while well, you were in school in Ohio, that's the problem with here too. Is because like whenever the, we have the Rams and the Chargers, once the Rams came and the Chargers came, that's what you got at one and four o'clock. So like unless they play on Thursday night or play late night or whatever, you're not getting any other games. And it's like, I want to see what the Browns are doing. I want to see what the Steelers are doing. And my wife is from Boston. She wants to see what the Patriots are doing. And it's like, you're just screwed if they're playing regular one and four o'clock games. So, you know, they kind of for that forced us too. But, you know, just, yeah, the craziness in my household got me to get Sunday ticket. And I felt like I sold out, but you guys made me feel better. Hey, so, but you're gonna be, you know, yeah, you, you, you outgrew the baggy pants. Now you outgrew the <laughs> illegal streams. You know, it's this is all about growing up. <sighs> and I have a feeling you're not going to let Sunday ticket go. I have a feeling that's one of those things where once you have it, you have it and you can never go back. So, you know, the, the development of fatherhood for you there. This is just a step in the process. You know, there's, a- there's much more thing, more things like this to come. Dude, and honestly, that's a warning. Like, if you get Sunday ticket, just understand that that's the money. You're just putting that off to the side. It's done. Like, you're doing it for the rest of your life. Because right. after <laughs> one Sunday, one Sunday of Sunday ticket, I am, I'm, I'm never going back. Ne- there's just never, I'm never going back. Because it's it's addicting. It's crazy. It's amazing. So, there you go. Well, boys, get it off your chest. Who wants to go? I'll go next. Um, and I'll keep it kind of on the topic of, of football. Um, but we're not going to really talk about, like, the sport or anything like that. What I want to talk about is uniforms. Okay. Um, my favorite college team released its a new alternate uniform this week. And it was like, I guess the breaking point for me in seeing new uniforms get released and then just see social media shit all over them for like 
48 hours. Yeah. And uh, like everybody has their own opinions. And, uh, you know, you like something that I don't like. I like something that you don't like. That's fine. And uniforms are really trivial. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but like every time I see new uniforms released and the, the time before this, Didi, a team you just mentioned, the uh, the Rams, they redid their uniforms. Like I remember the uniforms coming out and in my head, I was like, oh, those look cool. And then I go on Twitter and it's just nonstop reasons why these uniforms are absolutely terrible. And if you like them, you're a moron. And like we need to, I feel like we need to reserve our outrage for more important things than uniforms. I don't have a good reason for why it makes me so like frustrated, um, but it does. I feel like at this point we should be over the like idea of new uniforms being a bad thing. Oregon has had a new uniform every week for 15 years. Every other college is doing it. The NFL does color rushes now and throwbacks and all that type of stuff. I feel like we need to just like chill on the uniform front. And also I don't know that the regular sports fan is the person that should be critiquing fashion. <laughs> like, I don't know that that's like, you can critique the play on the field, but like mm-hmm. what other fashion do you, do you pick apart on a daily basis? I'm going to guess none. So maybe just leave it, just leave it go. And there it's 2020. There are many more things to be frustrated about let's just chill on the uniform thing because I think most new uniforms are cool. Dude, I'm so glad you said that because every time this happens and I see the same type of comments, I'm like, am I the only person that likes these? Yeah. And I just have to be <laughs> quiet about it. And like, don't even bring it up amongst friends. Cause I'm thinking, well, I guess nobody likes them except for me and the person who designed them. There's just, those voices are just hushed completely. And you're right. Even with things I think we have to give uniforms like this more of a chance until you see them on the field. Like with the, you mentioned the Rams. I remember seeing those when the new ones got unveiled and kind of like the, the home ones and not so much the away ones and wasn't sure, but I thought the helmet was great. And then I saw them in a game and I'm like, these are great. Now I see it. These are all great. So people judge things way too quickly and way too harshly, especially you're right. There's almost more hate towards uniforms than it is poor play. Like looking at the comments after something like that, like chill out, everybody. It's just laundry. You know, it's, (laughs) I'm glad, I'm glad I'm in the same boat with you. No, I saw the pit uniforms too. And I was like, it's a black uniform. There's nothing wrong with a black uniform. I'm sorry. Like maybe because I'm like, how many people hate all black uniforms? I think all black is like the perfect uniform, right? Like it's the reason why I I still, I still enjoy watching the Raiders to this day because their uniforms are just perfect to me. Like a mainly all black uniform I'm all for. And I'm like, so what do you hate about this? People were like, it says H2P on the sleeve. That's so stupid. I'm like, isn't that what you guys all hashtag every freaking week? Like every day you hashtag H2P. Like what, you're mad about that being on the sleeve. It's just, it's, it's stupid because people just want to hate on that. The same thing with like shoes too. It's like when a, when an athlete puts out new shoes, it's like everybody's rushing to say like the worst thing about the shoe. And I'm like, it's just a shoe. Yeah. Like it's just a shoe. Like. I don't know. Like you're not LeBron. Like I, yeah. you know what I mean. Like you're not. That shoe wasn't made for you. Like I don't. I, I don't know. Like LeBron well, likes it. Like, and that's that's the thing. Even with the jerseys, that's for the players and for like recruiting plays such a big role with those things that people don't understand. You mentioned Oregon, Chris. They've been thriving on that, and a lot. There's players that go there that admit how much the partnership with Nike in the uniforms 
means to kids. It's kids is who these are fashioned towards and players on the field and how they feel and how it gets involved with recruiting. It's not for some 30 to 55 year old man who it's like, oh, well, he's not buying the jersey. So these really suck. Like, this is not for you, dude. And you're going to end up buying the polo with the same damn colors anyways, but you're still going to complain about the jerseys. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because like in the NFL for football and uniforms, it's about making money in college these teams can't really sell the uniforms because they can't make money off of the players that are wearing them. So it's mostly exactly what you said, Dan. It's about the players like them. It's about recruiting. And yeah, like you said, Didi, everybody has a blackout uniform at this point. So I don't understand what you could be mad about black, just a black uniform, but yeah. um, Yeah. I think we need to chill. Like some, some uniforms, you kind of know they're going to look silly. Like we talked about those futuristic baseball ones, you know, back on a previous episode and like, there are some throwbacks where like they're not trying to make it look cool. They're trying to make it look like it used to look. But like overall, let's just there there's enough to complain about. I don't know need you people complaining about fashion on my timeline, please. Yeah. And thank you. Amazing. Facts. Amazing. I've got that futuristic pirate jersey in this closet right over my shoulder, oh, by the way. We know you do, Dan. I need to hang we that know up. you do. Dan, we know you have it ready every episode. We know you have You're it. Like, I'm just waiting for you guys to ask me to bring it up. <laughs> it's right here. It's literally right on my lap. Dan, get it off your I chest. Just, whoop, hey, funny you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a whole selection of props and clothes down here just ready. Oh, weird you mentioned that. <laughs> Oh my God. Dan, get it off your chest. Well, something I want to get off my chest is I'm going to take it back to last week in our most polarizing segment in the history of this podcast. (laughs) The dessert rankings of cookies, cakes, cupcakes, ice cream, and pies. I have been amazed at the reaction, both positive and we'll just call it reaction to people (laughs) and how they are screaming their voices at the results from our top five ranking. And thank you for those that listened, that it was a ranking of those five Those We weren't ranking the greatest desserts of all time. It was those five. So (laughs) thank you to those specifically, but I couldn't believe the amount of comments and response that we got from this segment last week. We ran a Twitter poll. Gentlemen, cake nation stood up. I took home uh, 50, 53% of the vote. Now, here's the interesting thing. Didi had 27% of the vote, and Chris had 20% of the vote. And your guys' lists, lists were pretty similar. And the only difference was Didi had cake ranked over cupcakes. So Cake Nation is strong. This is a shout-out to Cake Nation and Cookie Nation especially. Thank you for voting and supporting. The voices were louder on the pie hate, which really wasn't hate it was just five not 105 we'll go through some of them some of our listeners uh our friend pete none of you had it right but dd is bored is the closest gotta bum cookies up and i have no idea what steel city dan is doing having cake and cupcakes that high understood I've, i heard it i heard it our friend uh ryan ryan johnson pie is trash and belongs in the cellar dan wins so it was nice to feel a little bit of positivity there uh uh, our friend Matt at, at IUP Swack, Didi is bored for the win. Steel City Dan, your rationale for cookie number cookies number is correct and extremely well argued, but your slander of pie is outrageous. Heard a lot of that, a lot of it. 
Uh, classy Doug Glassy, another good friend of the podcast. Pi being again, Pi being last on Dan's list has me wondering where his head is. Dee Dee has it closest. Cupcakes have to be below cake because cupcakes are a lesser version of the real thing. Pat O'Hearn at P O'Hearn on Twitter. He has cakes one, cookies two, pie three, cupcakes four, ice cream five. Uh, our good friend Shoes says that he hates that he agrees with me, Steel City Dan. So hate that I love you. Appreciate the support. Uh, and our good friend, another good friend, a former friend of the Pit, uh, Chris and Dan podcast, uh, Pit Daddy, said we all had it wrong, uh, but Dan had it right because nobody has a pie table at their wedding. So again, had to share some of those uh, comments and thoughts because of how polarizing it really was. Thank you for voting, everybody. Cake Nation, Cookie Nation, thank you for standing up. We can put this to bed. I don't know if we should never do this again or do something like this all the time because it was just constantly throughout the week. I'm getting DMs and texts separate from social media. It was absolutely wild. I knew Dan was going to start with this. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it too. Like he was just doing too many victory laps on Dude, social media. Dan, the reason Dan what Dan's got voted number one is because Dan was proactively promoting the poll for seventy two hours. And like that's you know to get a fair timeline in there. And Dee wanna... and I structured a marketing campaign. It might have been a little closer, Dan. Okay, Jesus. It was pretty ridiculous. I was just like, how, like, why is my phone still blowing up from this thing? And it's really <laughs> just because Dan was the one that was like, guys, you only got 15 hours to vote. Hey, guys, you only got 10 hours to vote. It made it happen. Dan. It made, I mean, I will say that the, the pie lovers were the loudest in their anger towards me, but I'm glad to know that the nation is behind me. Yeah. And we're probably going to have a pie table at your wedding. It won't happen. It won't be allowed. I already them. have security lined up for it. It can't happen. <laughs> You're just going to have people checking for pies. You're going to have a pie detector. Yeah. <laughs> you open up your jacket there, sir. What's in that bag there? Is that, is that an apple? Is that an apple Apple pie in there? Get the hell out of here. I'm going to wear my baggiest pants and sneak in a pie. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, are you are you done with your victory lap? I'm done? I'm, I'm done with it. I can't wait to do another one of these again. I, I yeah. really look forward to it. Oh, one thing I do want to say is... Sh- all the people who were like throwing out other desserts, we specifically said <laughs> on all the tweets, the Facebook posts and everything, what the f- things we were ranking. We didn't like we know that brownies exist. Like we know <laughs> these, like <laughs> for all the people who were like brownies. It was like, a lot we, of brownie love. Yeah, like we get it. Like I love brownies too, but like that wasn't one of the choices. That that yeah. that wasn't it. You know, like that that made me feel like how when I was at West Virginia and WVU would be playing God knows who, Wofford or something, and somebody would just start screaming like eat shit pit. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, <laughs> like, but yeah, that's how that felt when everybody was saying brownies at yeah. us. Like there we didn't know story. they were there. Chris provided yeah. the story that led up to that discussion is why it was those four. Yeah. We were not yeah. ranking top five divert desserts of all time. Sorry you weren't involved in the initial conversation with me and my wife, random people on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. All right. Well, guys, let's get into the, uh, let's get into the main course right now. We got a lot to get to, but, uh, first thing I want to talk about today, it's very important for us to talk about. It's a uh, voter registration day when we are recording this right now. And the reason why it's voter registration day is because we want to get people to make sure they're registered before there are certain deadlines in certain states and all of those kind of vary depending on like where you live. So this is a time where none of those deadlines are here and we want people to register. To vote, So we've partnered with Headcount, which is headcount.org, where you can go to register to vote. And the reason why we rock with Headcount is because I have a lot of friends that like do cool stuff with Headcount. And if you've ever seen the people outside of concerts that are helping people register to vote, it's most likely Headcount is who you saw. And they're a really cool organization. A lot of musicians work with them. So I thought it'd be cool for us to talk about why it's important to register to vote. And I think it's important to register because... You need to have like a voice in things. We all don't do the most in our community. You know what I mean? Like we all don't, we're all not out there every 24 seven helping our community change. But one way we can change it is, or help it or keep it the same, whatever you want to do is by voting. So you want to have a voice in your community. And I think that's just super, just super important because a lot of us don't, aren't the people out there changing the community on our feet. We are at our house being lazy. And the most you can do, the least you can do is get out there and and do some research and make an important vote. And, you know, Election Day is the third. Make it happen. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm glad you said that. And the registration deadline is coming up quickly for some of these states. I think the first one is less than two weeks away yeah. for you to register to get your to get your ballot. And it's like this is the easiest time to vote because how many states allow you to vote by mail from home and you can put it back in the mail. You can go actually drop it off. At your county ballot box, if you're you're worried about that, you know most states make it very very easy. There's just a handful that you can. You just need an excuse to do it. So we very much encourage people to do that. You know, you, you may not think that your voice is heard or your vote counts. We've seen that time and time again now that those those counts and those votes add up and be very very important. And Didi, you mentioned uh, the great folks at uh, Headcount, and they are they're super super awesome people. And one word that you said in particular uh, stuck out to me was seeing people help people register to vote. And that's what they do. They're there helping people. They're not those annoying people that are at the beginning of the kiosk, waiting in line as you get into a concert, yelling at people, hey, hey, you know, trying to sell them a cell phone plan or something like that. These are good, legitimate people that are just trying to help do the right thing. They're always at, I always see them all the time, concerts all the time. They're great people, great organizations. So happy to be partnering with them. But yeah, definitely get out there, register, make it easy. Make it it's easy uh, on yourself. Have the ballot mailed to you, send it right back, and make your voice be heard. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you guys said it. I, I don't know that I could articulate it better than than what you two said. Um, but you know, we talk a lot about like the feedback we get and the conversations, and sometimes the screaming and the yelling and everything that happens on social media. Um, but like that, that all is just that it, it doesn't get applied to anything, but this is your way to apply your opinions and your thoughts um, and hopefully make a difference. So, yeah, we'll hope hope people will do that. And if you guys need help registering, go to headcount.org, uh, hit them up on social media at headcount.org. And uh, you can also text voter to 40649 and hashtag vote ready. So big shouts to Headcount. I uh, really wanted to do this just because like we talk about concerts a lot and events a lot. And those are the events that what we missed that Headcount would be at 
trying to get people to register to vote. So I feel like it's just important to get the word out for headcount and to just show you how easy it is to register. You can do stuff on Spotify as well. They're on there too. So it's like basically everywhere you are all the time when we talk about social media, you can register to vote on there somehow. So make sure you go out there and do this. All right. And in to out from voting into a politician who said something very controversial this past week. Uh, AOC said, we're not going back to brunch after the election. Listen, AOC, I love you. Think you're great. But uh, you're not going to tell me not to go to brunch. It's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> no. Watch me go back to brunch. <laughs> because it's going to happen, okay? I know times are tough. I know there's stuff going on. And I know that all this is going to change the world in in different ways, shapes, and forms. But we're going back to brunch. And if there's a podcast that can make you feel confident in that, well, this is the podcast. Tell your friends. We're going back to brunch. I would run on that. I would run on that campaign. We should. <laughs> that would... That would make a difference. That's the voice that we need, Chris. And I love AOC too. This is like the ultimate backstabbing. Like, no, this can't be real. She didn't actually say this. Somebody else, some old ass dude said this somewhere from whatever state that doesn't really, you know, matter. And I was, I couldn't believe it. It was heartbreaking, but we're going back to brunch. The discussions that we need to be having and that we want to be having, happening, happen, happen at the brunch table. And that's, why the brunch breakdown is here for you, the socially distant brunch table, if you will. And we're eager for it and we're hungry in a number of ways for brunch. We are ready to go back to brunch after this election and 2021, big year for brunch. I'm telling you, you're coming heavy at brunch. So yeah, let's get that revolution going. I got them all started here. I'll I'll get the flag up and running. Yeah, and how are we supposed to fuel up to help change in this country, whether who doesn't matter who the president is, whether it's a local politician or something, how are we supposed to fuel up to help them without brunch? How are we? So we have, we can't just be mad all the time, right? We have to be happy at some point. We need brunch to help us go through. So then we can fight for change in our communities. But we're going if, back to brunch. If I'm fighting for change, the, the, the first place I'm starting is at the, the brunch buffet. Okay. Thank That's you. where we're starting and we're having a conversation about what we're doing and then we're going out there and we're, That's we're, right. we're hitting it. That's right. And we're bringing back bunch, brunch buffets in 2026. We're bringing them back. <laughs> they are. We, we went through the history a couple of weeks ago. Don't make me go there oh, again. Don't do it again. <laughs> Don't make me go there again. God. We need brunch. Brunch brings people together. This freaking country needs this more than ever right now brunch doesn't split people apart it brings them together and that's what we need we are here our first campaign when we started this podcast we were out to make america brunch again probably not the best decision in retrospect now but again we're just trying to change things <laughs> trying to change things for the better and brunch does that it brings people together <laughs> yes it does and that's what we need we need more brunch that's what we need we need more love and more brunch not less brunch that's what we need so no. And yeah, this isn't this isn't for Karens and things like Karens don't go to brunch. We we the people go to brunch and we need we need brunch. Safe brunch, but we need brunch. Absolutely. Sorry, AOC. We just had to go at you. Um, you know. I hate to do it. This is what you gotta do I sometimes. Hate to do it. <laughs> well, there's a lot of uh, a lot of sports going on right now, guys. Lot. Lot. 
a lot. There's two like I was a couple weeks ago. It was like NFL, U.S. Open, NBA, like NHL. There, how are you keeping track of what's going of all the things that are on TV at all times? Like this Sunday was wild too. With like you, the the Emmys were on, the NFL was on, the NBA was on. It's 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 wild right now. It's a it's a cool time. One of the cooler times I will say in quarantine during all of this mess has been these last couple weeks of just like sports and just entertainment overload dude it is really hard to keep track of everything i've had that struggle now where we've never had this many sports overlap especially in such vital parts of the season right i mean typically nba and nhl those postseasons overlap but with the golf major schedule being changed around tennis uh, the NFL season starting with no preseason. It was just like, bam, here we are. We're ready to go. We're ready for you. Uh, college football, same thing. Boom, here it is. It's all overlapping. It's tough. I want to be switching back and forth between things, but I need this multi-TV setup to to keep track of everything. You you forget when these major events are. Uh, you know, what day is this game? What day is does this event start? It's it's really tough, but it is. I guess it's it's nice to enjoy that because we went so many months throughout the summer with nothing to do and nothing going on, and now we have a, a, an abundance of it, uh, a fortune of it. So it's it's a very very unique time. There'll be nothing like this ever again. So trying to soak it all in. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I um, at one point had a projector going in my own living room to watch multiple things at the same time. So. Uh, that's how I've gotten through this this difficult time. But I, um, to be honest with you, though, when football started, I kind of forgot about every other sport. Like I jumped on with all the sports as they came back. I was like, yeah, I'll watch baseball. And that lasted like a week. And then I watched the NBA for like two weeks. And then there was hockey, but my team got knocked out. And so I was kind of like just messing around until football happened. And now like I saw there's no football on tonight. Uh, we're recording this on a, on Tuesday, but there's a Stanley Cup game. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's hockey happening. So I like totally forgot about pretty much everything else. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I mean, it's just it's just been it's wild. But, yeah, there's NHL game on. There's Stanley Cup game on tonight. Lakers are on tonight. Celtics will be on to Celtics and who were was it Celtics and whoever it is. Miami, that's it. They're yeah. playing. They're, they're playing tomorrow. Like it's just, it's wild. It's wild. But speaking of football sneaking up on us, I completely forgot that Cam Newton was a Patriot <laughs> until like week one. All of a sudden, they line up and it's like Cam's playing. I'm like Cam, I completely forgot about that. And you guys, how do you feel about Cam in a Patriots uniform? What's that look like to you? Because he's kill. I mean, they're one and one, but he's looking like Superman again. Yeah, he, he's playing well. I don't like it, um, if I'm being completely honest with you guys. And I, I just feel like, I don't know, this is probably the wrong take because the Patriots have won a billion Super Bowls over the last 15 years. Um, but I just feel like they're, like, Cam is a personality as much as he is a football player like i'm i'm interested in cam in so many different aspects of him like the football field yeah but like what's he wearing to the stadium what's he saying you know in the interviews and stuff like that and i feel like he just went to this like super swaggerless team and like i see him he was just playing on i think it was sunday night football in seattle and he was in just like this boring like white 
Patriots jersey. And I don't know, like it, for some reason it hit me. I'm just like, this sucks. Like this sucks. He was, I, I, I associate him with Carolina and like doing the poses in the end zone after he scores touchdowns and running around the stadium and interacting with fans, handing the ball to kids and, stuff. and maybe, you know, part of it is cause there's no fans, but I just feel like he went, he's like the dude with so much swag and he went to the most swaggerless franchise in the NFL. And I hate it. I hate it. It's super weird. I hate, I mean, I hate that he went there because of that team's had enough, enough success and I like cam and I root for cam. And now I'm like, damn it. I don't know what to do here. Cause yeah, they're playing well and he's playing well. So I'm happy for him. I'm not happy for them. I'm happy for him, but it does look weird because we saw him in those Carolina jerseys for years and years and years. Now all of a sudden be with the Patriots. It's kind of crazy to really think about how quickly that came about too, because of how late they signed him. Wasn't even sure if he was going to be the starter and boom, here he is. He has them playing well, proving everybody wrong. And there was the whole question, is he going to fall into the Patriot way, quote unquote, you know, with everything, the way that things were with Tom Brady there and how much of that is Bill Belichick. And turns out Bill Belichick kind of changed a little bit with Cam Newton coming in and he's been like giving Cam compliments and giving other quarterbacks compliments. He blew so much smoke up Russell Wilson's ass uh, prior to the game this past week. It's like, who is this guy? I mean, it was deservedly so. But this comes from a guy who barely, first of all, says anything, and I mean just words, let alone compliments his own players or the opposition. It's just he's like changed Belichick where there is still you still see a little swag on some like practice video uh, in his outfits and things like that. But he's fitting in whatever system that Belichick wants him to. And they're finding a way. Neither of them can complain right now because they're they're playing well. Did Cam change Belichick or did is Belichick trying to like develop a personality now that he cut a couple subway ads? Like which one is it? Subway ads, that might have loosened him up a little bit. Which one is it? Because (laughs) I don't know. I think he might just be getting a big head because he realized he could sit on a bench, say nothing, take a bite out of a sub and get paid a lot of money. I don't know. Listen, the subway ad with the sleeves is hysterical. (laughs) <laughs> I laughed really hard at that. I, I don't know what that says about commercials that run during NFL games, but I thought that commercial was hilarious. Because one, it just starts out, Bill Belichick's walking down the street. And I'm like, what is Bill Belichick doing in the commercial? Like, I have <laughs> no idea. So it's already funny there. And then when he cuts the dude's sleeves off, it's like, okay, this is this is great. But I think Cam, I think Cam has shown you maybe how boring Tom Brady is. I feel like maybe Bill Belichick has been wanting to show us this personality for a long time because they're playing music at practices. Like, I don't ever remember them playing music at a Patriots practice. And, like, we're live at Patriots practices, you know what I mean? Like, on ESPN for, like, a month. Like, you know, I mean, basically for the last 20 years. They're playing music there. Everybody looks happy. Like, McDaniel's on the sideline. Him and Cam are, like, dapping it up. Like, everybody seems to be happier in New England now that Tom Brady's gone. And I didn't expect that to be the case. You know, maybe this season goes to crap or something and then everybody's sad, whatever. But I don't know. It just looks like a happier Patriots bunch. And that does kind of start with Bill Belichick. And it's weird. It's like Cam brought happiness to them. Yeah, yeah, it's still weird. Yeah. Yeah, you always thought that came from the top down with Belichick and then Tom Brady was kind of on his page. And then you realize Brady left because he wanted to have more fun. Well, now it seems like Bill Belichick's having more fun too. And I don't know if he just, it's hard to get inside the mind of somebody like that who probably thinks he can win a Super Bowl with any team that he's coaching. 
but maybe he thinks, uh, let's loosen up a little bit. We're not favored to win the Super Bowl. This is this is different. This isn't a guaranteed year. Maybe take it a little easy. But if they start playing well and leading that division, you wonder if that'll change at all or if he's going to stay loose because it's working or the other way around if they don't start to play well and he gets a little bit more back to old school Bill Belichick uh, type of ways. But it's weird. It's weird to see the the change. And I think, yeah, Cam has a huge, huge impact on that team. If Jared Stidham was the starting quarterback, no way there'd be anything like that going on in New England. But yeah, it's not full. You're right, Chris. It's not full 100% what we're used to seeing in, in Cam Newton being true Superman, but it's interesting to see how there's been a hybrid sort of change in place with, with him and that team. Who, who do you think looks weirder cam in a Patriots uniform or Tom Brady in a bucks uniform? Tom. Yeah. Tom looks silly down there. Even he, is it, he, but is that because their, their uniforms are ridiculous? Like, is that, <laughs> is that part of it? It's kind of both, I guess. It's it, it's weird. It, it's like, um, because I never thought Peyton Manning looked right in the Broncos uniform, right? Because I, I just think it just was so long, and I get it with the Panthers thing, but it's like, but just the way, like Tom could have retired, you know. And I feel like with Cam, it's like okay, him and Carolina, they you know he's got injury issues and stuff, and they just wanted to, they got rid of the coach, wanted to start a whole new thing, so it just feels different it's still weird seeing it's like weird seeing him in a Patriots uniform but it's also like okay this is like a new start but like with Tom it's it's just like you're not supposed to wear another uniform like sorry man like it's just you had to leave like that was just your time you're supposed to go yeah yeah that's definitely been the most bizarre seeing him down there playing in another team's uniform after years and years and years and I think I think he actually missed out because the Patriots jerseys are the best looking jerseys that they've had in a long, long time. The jerseys that they have this year, much more simple with the stripes. They look a lot better, but Tom certainly looks strange. Apparently they're going to get the uh, creamsicle back jerseys, the throwbacks back next year because the NFL changes their helmet rule. The reason that they can't right now is because you can only have one helmet. It's a whole concussion thing. So you can't, paint the helmet. So you can't have two helmets. That rule went in place a couple of years ago, but I guess it expires and they're changing it next year and they're going to find a way to do it where it's a, a safety issue with, with the helmet. So they'll be able to have two, which means the white helmet, the creamsicle comes back. Then let's have another conversation because that'll be super weird to see Tom in a Jersey like that. How does yeah. that work though? Cause I feel like the Steelers have had two different colored helmets, but they, they have, it was a couple of years ago since they had, it was the yellow helmet. Yeah. And it was only like anytime the teams had those throwbacks, they were able to change the helmet. It's only been in place for a couple of years now, but they, their teams are not allowed to use more than one helmet. There are other teams that have changed the stripe or the logo, not actually painted it, but I guess that's been part of the issue is with this concussion thing and only allowing a team to be able to use one helmet through for the whole season. Interesting. Weird. Interesting. I feel like that'd be like an easy rule to get around. Right. (laughs) Give everybody the same helmet. But like, I don't understand. That's weird. I don't know. It's weird. But anyways, speaking of a team that might have multiple helmets, Deion Sanders and Jackson State, (laughs) which is, I don't know what's going on here. Deion's coaching. uh, He came into his press conference in like a freaking Rolls Royce, like, or whatever it was. And with a police escort going into a gym, I, I, 
he's got a staff full of pro players for former pro players like I, this Dion thing is I, I'm Dion Sanders my favorite player of all time just to let everybody know this but I even find all of this just to be very weird what's going on yeah <laughs> with him and coaching he, he's never been a college coach at on a college coaching staff no so this is very very interesting and then I thought okay, Dion is coming in to be the ultimate recruiter. He's going to make the big decisions, but he's not going to be so heavily involved in the play calling and schematics and things like that. Obviously, he'll have a big role in in defense, but overall. And then you see the list of his other coaches come out and like, well, I don't have any answers now. They're all just recruiters. Who's going to be playing, making play calls for this type of team? How they they're going to get all these crazy college, hopefully talented kids there. And then what are they going to do with them? What are they going to do with them on the field? This kind of, now I'm really all eyes are all in on this team. Yeah. If they're not turning this into a documentary, then I don't care how many football games they win. This, the whole thing was a bust. They have, they have to turn this into a documentary. Uh, Yeah. There's no question. You look at this and you're just like, Terrell Owens is going to be the wide receiver coach. Warren Sapp's going to be coaching. Come on. That's not how it works. (laughs) What are we doing here? Like, I'm sorry. Like, you can't do this in the NFL because I say a lot about coaches in football, but like coaches in football have a lot to have a lot to do. A lot to do. Coaches in like the NBA and the NHL, a lot different. You have you have less players to deal with. I can see somebody who is like a just a really great player just going in there, just like we're gonna give you the job. Because we think that you're you're you could be good at this, right? And then give it a chance. But in football, you can't do that. No, you you can't do that in football. <laughs> no, and especially college, because like pro, you're just like game planning for each game. You have a general manager that takes care of like the roster decisions. But if you're a coach in college, you have to coach, game plan, do all that stuff, and you have to be sitting with high school kids on a daily basis recruiting them. It's absurd. Um, so he, Jackson state plays in the Southwestern athletic conference, the SWAC. I think knowing college football, as well as I do, that they could probably recruit well enough that they could be bad coaches, but win a lot of games. But yeah. And I think like, I think Dion's grand scheme is to become the next head coach of Florida state where he played. Like he threw his hat in the ring when they fired their coach last year. And he was an offensive coordinator for a high school. (laughs) So he clearly wants that job. And I think this is his first step to trying to do it. But like it, it may, it may work out for him because talent is very important in college football. But like, Mm -hmm. if he, and then if he makes that next step, I think it might end up being just a complete and utter train wreck. But it's going to be entertaining, man, one way or another. One way or another, I, I'm 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 excited. And so Jackson State and the SWAC they moved their uh, football season to the spring. So when fall college football is over, the SWAC starts playing football in February, baby. So it's all about prime time in February. I'm ready. All eyes on prime time. I can't yeah. wait. Swack. That's the conference that Grambling's in, right? Yeah. Like Southern. That's like the, the conference of all the bands. Yeah. So exactly. I hope Jackson State has the fire band too. Cause if, if their band is fire and they can like win a couple games yeah. or just, I don't know, soundtrack this amazing documentary, like I'm, I'm here for everything going on with, uh, with Dion at this point. I don't, I, dude, I have no idea. And he's working for Barstool. I'm like, I'm confused <laughs> on right. everything. Right. 
going on with Deion Sanders right now. I'm like, what is he doing over there with those jackasses? What is he doing coaching? What is I I don't know. But it's the Dion, yeah. Documentary coming to Netflix, I hope. No doubt. Soon. Very soon. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into what we're listening to, boys. It's a fun week of uh of music. We had one humongous release this week, and that was uh Justin Bieber, Chance the Rapper put out Holy. Uh, what do you guys think of this song? I am I love it. It's been on repeat. I love the song. Sounds super good. What do you guys think? I have yeah, thoughts, man, but you can go first. Yeah, I think it's I think it's incredible. Uh I really do. It's something a little bit different than we've heard from Bieber recently, and I love the feature with Chance. It's great to hear him uh on a track again and these two teaming up. We've we've seen it before with uh, you know, more people involved, but to just hear the two of them, the the message of this song, the sound of this song is amazing. Yeah. It's been on repeat for me too. I might try to make it a, a first dance song at the wedding. I think I might, it's time to, it's time to get Ed Sheeran, time to have Ed Sheeran take a back seat. We need a real song like this. You know what I mean? This is what we need to be. This is what we need to be hearing. So I, I'm all for this. This is a, yeah, really, really incredible song. It definitely leads off the playlist this week. I love Chance's uh, lyric at the end uh, where he says, I know we believe in God and I know God believes in us. Like the way to finish off his part, that was just awesome. Yeah, I love the song. And like when I when I heard it, I, I just like Bieber never, he never misses with any of these songs. It's like, I know I'm not the greatest historian when it comes to musicians um, and entertainers and stuff like that. But like, has there, by the end of his career, are we going to be able to find anybody that has pumped out the amount of hits that he has? It's just insane. The kid's still, I mean, he's our age. He still has a long way to go. And every single, every single single that he puts out is just unbelievable i I can't uh, it blows my mind it absolutely blows my mind and this is another one and the thing with bieber is like there are certain songs by people who like we like like i don't know how much we're going to love Katy perry songs in 20 years you know what i'm saying like it's kind of like a place in time kind of thing but like bieber has jams you know what i mean it's not even just it's just jams like yeah. i'm going to be listening to this song holy for a very long time like it's going to come on and be on playlists that i make for forever and so are so many other songs like that so like that's a really good point because it's just he makes music that you know you're going to be listening to for a long time it's not just a song of the sound of the moment type thing where we're like yeah I'm, that's i don't know justin just has it it's he does it man yeah and he's able to change the style a little bit right and he's there every single time how and not even really going back as far as when he was a kid putting out you know pop hits but even now within the last two three years in his releases and how he's kind of stuck his toes in different waters and different sounds in different styles all together and he still he makes it work often artists or bands do that because they want to try to be different they want to try something that may be a little bit more true to them and it's a miss but he hasn't done that yet yeah and to that point with changing his style. Uh, the first time I heard the song was on a country station. So like <laughs> he, he appeals to everybody. I mean, virtually wow. everybody he appeals to it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Nice. Well, you guys go hit it. 
Good, Dan. All right. Well, the other songs that I'll start with on the playlist this week, Gus Dapperton. Uh, you may recognize his name. He was actually featured on my song of 2020 so far, Super Lonely uh, by Benny. And he's featured on that song, but his new album Orca came out this past week. Uh, some really, really good stuff. He's got an interesting type of almost a dreaminess to, you know, this indie type of pop sound. Um, he has some hits on it, like post humorous that came out a couple of weeks ago and a new song called bluebird, which I really, really like. Uh, I'll put that one on the playlist this week. Um, but Gus Dapperton, a guy to, to keep an eye out for. It's a really, really solid album. Still young in his career. Really dig his sound. It's nice kind of chill type of music to listen to. But Bluebird will definitely be one I put on the playlist this week. Nice. Um, I have a uh, so a song by State Champs. It's a cover. Um, it, it's a Matchbox 20 cover of the song Real World. Okay. And I've heard the song a few times. I like it. I think it's a good cover. Most covers are bad and especially most punk covers are not very good. This one's pretty good. I, I, so I'm going to put it on the playlist, but more than that, I wanted to bring it up because when I heard it the other day, it reminded me of a story that I want to tell of a time when um, I went to a pirates game and they used to do these things when they would have, fireworks shows while having a band play live on the infield. And this one time growing up, big pop punk fan, all that type of stuff. I know where this is going. I love it. Dan was at this. (laughs) There was this band called me first in the gimme gimme's and they are solely a punk cover band. Okay. That's what they were famous for. Somebody within the pirates organization shocker made a bad decision. Okay. And they said, we should have this band play live in front of 35,000 people. Um, it's the only time in my life I've ever seen a act get booed off stage and not, not just booed off stage. This one was booed off of a baseball diamond out of a stadium. It was unbelievable. Like, so you think about like punk covers and how they're mostly bad. The city of Pittsburgh in particular, hated this band, hated everything they played because they they were like, oh, we're going to hear these songs that we love. No, you're going to hear a version of them that you hate. But this is a cover that I think is good. So I thought I'd put it on the playlist to point out that some of them are good um, and also tell that story. That's an amazing story. <laughs> That's an incredible story. I was not expecting story time to come with the music today. <laughs> I'm happy about that. That is that is beautiful. Oh my god. Um, okay, so my next pick is um, Keith Urban put out his uh, album. It's called The Speed of Now, which is really good. Country music fan uh, Keith does some really interesting things on it, and um, he has a song with Breland called Out of the Cage, and it is amazing. It is such a jam. It is upbeat. There's a lot of things going on. There's so many different guitars and banjos, and just like. And then there's just like a beat that's driving the whole thing. And it's very like urgent and it's just awesome. And then um, if you go on Breland's Instagram, you can see him like kind of making the thing. And Keith Urban's talked a bunch about how like Breland basically like arranged the whole song the way that it is. And it's just, it's a super good song. So out the cage, Keith Urban, Breland, if you're not a country music fan, listen to this song, please just listen to this one. And it's fine. Cause this is, 
This is more rock than it is country, but it's still country song. But it's just good. And Breland's my guy. So out the cage. Check it out. I like that. I'm I'm all about that. Uh, Ava Max. It takes Dan to wait. <laughs> it's, it's so hard for Dan to say that. Dan's like, like I'm never listening to the song. Why you said, you said Keith Urban. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Both of you now. But when you mentioned Breland, I'm like, okay, I'm, I can get on. I can get on board to give this, you know, it's. It's hard, but I'm making my just, way through it. It's That's just a song, Dan. It's like it's at most song. three and a half minutes. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I'll survive. I'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Ava Max, her double album, Heaven and, he- Heaven and Hell, came out last week. This thing is full of hits and jams. And you heard a handful of them, you know, Sweep It Psychos on it, but forget it. That's at the end and you don't need to hear it anymore because it's not, it's not even the best song on either of these albums. It's a double album, like I said. Uh, Kings and Queens, Torn, Who's Laughing Now, a couple of songs. Some have been released over the past couple of weeks and some are newer, but it's it's worth the double album listen. I, I think she's I, – I really am a big fan of almost everything that she has done, and I think she is very underrated. She was seen as kind of this – you know, she popped onto the scene with Sweep at Psycho, and I think we've seen this movie before with one hit wonders type of things, or all of a sudden the style changes and the rest of the songs aren't as good. Not the case with Ava Max. She's here to stay heaven and hell. The double album put a couple of those songs this week. All right. Um, I am going to throw on a song called car hearts and converse from a, uh, from super whatever. Um, the song features Mark Hoppus, and uh, it's perfect for every emo or pop punk kid uh, from back in the day. So, hey, that's me. Um, the overarching theme is to uh, it's a song about being yourself. So, like last week, we had a couple songs that were positive vibes. This is another one. Be yourself. Feel comfortable in your own shoes. Um, but it's a really good song. And then I started to dig into super whatever a little more, uh, cause I had not listened much and, uh, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff to dig into there. So I'll probably, uh, throw a, maybe an extra song into the playlist this week from, from them. But, uh, yeah, adding that one. Nice. My next pick is a, uh, apparently it's a throwback. Another song that I completely missed from 2017. There is a dj collective by i don't know if this is, i don't know if you call them juicy or if it's jcy i have no idea but it's three guys and they did a remix to the thong song Jeez. and they actually got like they actually got real vocals from cisco and did a video there's a video for this from wow. 2017 and i'm telling when i i swear you're laughing right now but i'm telling you i swear to god this is fire like it is so good that I I don't even know what to do with myself. Like they just remixed a thong song and it sounds so good. <laughs> and it's from 2017. I can't, I can't say it enough. Like if you listen to one song on this playlist, listen to JCY thong song featuring Cisco. It's incredible. We're blown all, away. We're all going to listen to it. Um, your opinion on anything Cisco is heavily biased though. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's fair. That's a fair that's point. Fair. <laughs> when you dye your hair in eighth grade because you want to be like Cisco, yeah, that's that's how it works. But uh, I'm telling you guys that my God, when you get to the chorus, oh, I'm t- instant replays. Just, just I'm done talking. I'm telling you, I can't wait. Let's go. I can't wait. That's great. 
Uh, the final song I have for this week is one I've honestly been trying to get on the playlist for about five weeks now. It's, well, you make it's, it. it it's, <laughs> it's, it's been on the bottom of my, it's been on my list and there's just other songs that just, we're only picking a couple of weeks. So I, I, I can't, it's got, it's missed the cut. It's the wild card of the bachelorette. It's coming back. It's about time. We give some respect to Royal and the serpent. The song is called overwhelmed. Uh, like I said, I've been listening to it for a couple of weeks now. I really dig uh, this girl sound. Her real name is Ryan Santiago. And again, young in her career, just up and coming. It's kind of got a funky alt feel. There's an electric guitar line that just kind of comes out of nowhere in the chorus and hits you and gives it an extra bit of a rock feel. And then goes back to that, you know, funky alternative, you know, indie pop indie rock type of vibe but royal and the serpent overwhelmed finally making it on the playlist are you overwhelmed with how happy you are that you're able to put I'm, it on I'm, it's been i've had it and it's it deserves to be on there i tell you i'm i'm overwhelmed with joy a good deal um Hey, real quick from the playlist last week, uh, Beba Hoobie Doobie or whatever, whoever that was. That was a great song. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Beba, how, what's the name? Beba Doobie. Yeah, n- naturally. Beba Doobie. Yes. I was, I was into it. So thanks for putting that on there. Um, and then, uh, okay. So the retro replacement for this week, um, Billionaire by Travi McCoy featuring Who Know Mars. It's just like, I don't know, man, like we're leaving summer into fall and it's just kind of got that reggae upbeat vibe that lets you wave as it goes in the rear view mirror. Love that song. So we're putting it on this week. Dude, shouts to my friend Misha, who may be listening to this at her wedding, the loudest friggin' sing drunk sing along at like 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever time. I forget what it was like an hour before the wedding ended. Like DJ plays billionaire, and this was like two. Yeah, this was probably like whenever the song was out, and it was the loudest sing along, and it was so much fun. And anytime I hear that song, I just think about that moment in her wedding. Like that's, that's just a great. It's a great song. Yeah. It's like just a great chorus. That song is so great. God, love that. Well, boys, that's what we're listening to, and this has been another great episode of the Brunch Breakdown. I couldn't agree Dan. more. Absolutely. See, we need more brunch. Brunch bringing people together. No question. Dan, tell us where we can find the brunch breakdown. You can find the brunch breakdown everywhere that you listen to podcasts, uh, whether that be on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, really anywhere uh, that you can find podcasts. Be sure to search for the brunch breakdown. We are there. If there's not, if there's something that we're missing out on, be sure to let us know. And where you can let us know is on our social media pages. You can find us at Brunch Breakdown. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Of course, you follow us. We follow you right back. And don't forget, the full video episodes get released every Wednesday as well. Those are available on our YouTube and Facebook pages. So find us everywhere. We're here for you. Nice. Headcount.org. Also, go there. Shout out to our friends at Headcount. And register to vote. Don't be stupid. Hell yeah. <laughs> and that's the brunch breakdown. Guys, I'm out of here. You're out of here. We're out of here. Later. See ya. <laughs>